You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part one of two, entitled, How to Connect with the Amish. What they have forgotten, and quite frankly, a lot of English have forgotten, and it's out of Romans, which is my favorite book in the Bible. I study it all the time. He says, well, where to move it to? Let me find it here. Okay. Listen to this and listen to it closely because it applies to you and I just like it does to anyone else. And I think many Christians miss this. And then I'm going to turn it to my wife to talk about Joe and Esther, how we met them and what we did. It says, Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, now listen, to demonstrate his righteousness because In his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time, and he says it again, his righteousness. You and I have none. We have no righteousness as Christians. It's Christ's righteousness. And if we forget that, then we go about doing what the Jewish community tried to do, establish their own righteousness. And I don't have any, folks. Christ is my righteousness. And we, this is one of the things when I talk with ex-Amish or Amish that we're acquainted with that we try to uh, let them understand. Now, I want to turn it over to my wife. My wife is an accomplished pianist, but she won't play today. <laughs> but she's been playing church pianist for, since she was 13. We serve a great God, don't we? Amen. And he works in mysterious ways, ways that we can't imagine and ways that we would never think of God working in our lives. And we've worked in church work all our life. But living in an Amish community, I never thought he would bring us into the Amish work like he's done. But it's been a wonderful journey that we've taken with him up to this point. And it was a Sunday after church when our pastor came to us and said, 28 years ago, and said, there's a young couple out there, haven't been married very long. They're Christians, but they're not thriving in the Amish church. They want to go where they can grow and learn more about God spiritually and and into their home. Said, could you take them and, and put them up? We had an apartment in our basement at the time. And we said, sure. We were always eager for something different. So we said, sure, we'd do that. So this September, beautiful afternoon, up came this big truck with loaded with everything, <laughs> with beds and furniture and everything that they had to their name was on this truck. We unloaded it and put it in the house. And um, that's where Joe and Esther came into our life and became our family And we've loved them for 28 years. They're very precious and very special to us. We love them dearly. And they stayed with us for on and off for a couple years and went out on their own. And they flourished and grew. And Joe has grown tremendously, as you can see. And he's quite a worker and quite a 
person in our life and our family has accepted them. We've adopted them and our family loves them and they've grown. Well, after that time, then Martha came and she stayed and pretty soon Rosie came. And then we ended up with, we moved by that time into a condo downsized. And at that time, here come this redhead at the door and um, knocked on the door and red hair and two teeth missing in the front as they had just pulled them. Well, we weren't going to let that stay long, and we took her eventually to the dentist and had her teeth replaced. And and, uh, she's a beautiful girl out working on her own now, running her own business, bought her own home, doing well. What we do when we start with them is, first of all, we get them their clothes because they want to dress English as much as they can. So we take them down to usually associated charities or places in town that will outfit them with clothes and they get them started there. Then we get a birth certificate, which can be difficult at times from the county and the state in which they were born. Without that, you can't get a social security number or any kind of ID. So those are the process that we go through with each one of them. And then the learning to drive a car and purchasing a car, which is quite an experience. We send them over to Joe and Esther at that point, you know. (laughs) So... But it's been a wonderful experience for us. We have loved it, and we're still in this journey working with the MAP ministry and working with them here in the church. And God couldn't be better for having learned this part of our life where we are. Joe came in to us that Sunday, and it was interesting. I think they'd only been married about two weeks when they came. And we, uh, like we said, we had a full apartment in our basement. And we uh, put them down there. And every once in a while, uh, we'd have them up for, to our place to eat. And they'd have us down there. And it was, to us, it was funny. When they got married, some of the gifts they got were canned goods. But the Amish, when they give them to young married, they take all the labels off. So we'd, they'd come up sometime, and we never knew what we was eating. And... But we did it, and, and the one thing that we, we have never done, I have never done, my wife, we have never asked one Amish person to come out or to come to our home. They come, but we've never asked them to do that. And his father came, and the bishop came, and his mother came. We didn't hide them. We did for the first week because Joe said I'd have a million buggies in my front yard if I didn't. But after a week, they, they found out where he was, and they came. I think there was five or six of them. I know the bishop and some other people. And they asked me, they asked me, can we come in? I said, yes. Can we talk to Joe? And I said, yes. And he said, can we talk in uh, German or in Dutch? I said, I don't care what you talk in. So they went down into the basement with Joe where Joe and Esther were staying. They were talking about a half hour. And then I heard the voices start to get higher. And so I knocked, opened the door and went down. I said, you're arguing. I said, that's, that's not what you came here to do. That's not what I let you in my home to do. I said, you want to talk as a father and a son? Okay, but this arguing and fighting going to stop. So they left. And then once December, I think it was, it was 10 below, Joe's father came. And he was talking with him and everything. He came about 7. He had a driver bring him. And about 11 o'clock, he had to go home. And it was a good him below and he lived about five or six miles and Joe said can I drive you home and of course no he wouldn't let Joe so I told Joe I'll drive you home and uh, Joe asked him he said yes he can drive me home 
Joe said, can I go with you? He said, yes. <laughs> but he would not let Joe drive him home. Now, this is some of the things you run into. It sounds funny to us, but he'd have walked that whole distance if it was only Joe. But 11 o'clock at night, 10 below zero, he'd have walked that five or six miles to get home. And then one night I took Joe, and this is, I think, the thing that tore my heart. I know it tore Joe's. They had a shack. Joe's father was a doctor, by the way, of this community. And he had a shack back in the woods. And he asked Joe to come and meet with him. And I drove Joe. I had to drive down the side road. Joe walked probably a quarter, maybe a half a mile back to that shack. It was 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And they talked for I sat out on the, in the car waiting. And he had to, uh, about an hour, I assume, that they were talking. And Joe came back. And I could hear his father crying and sobbing all the way. I, got, I told Joe, get in the car. He got the car. I drove away because I knew it was tearing at him. It was tearing at me. You know, you stop and think, that's his son. We would do the same thing. And uh, that's the really sad part about this. We don't tear them away. They come out because they can't preach or they can't witness about the gospel of Christ. And they can't. Joe can't go back. His wife can. You know why his wife can go back? They told me that she had to go where Joe did. And so she can go back home. She's, a, she's the stubborn one of the family and wouldn't have went back anyway. But <laughs> Joe found that out a few years after he got married. But folks, when you deal with Amish, you deal with them just like you talk to each other. Or at least that's the way I found it. I, we go out in the summer and buy almost all of our vegetables stuff off of Abe Miller, a very nice elderly Amish man. Once in a while, he'll say, uh, Jerry, would you take me over to my son's house? I take him over. We do things for them. Christianity is supposed to be loving your neighbor, and if they need something, to help them with it. That's what we're supposed to do, and so we do. We get these young girls that come out. Most of ours have been, well, they've all been girls since Joe and Esther, and we help them. The one uh, Lizzie's, Martha's uh, father and mother came. And they tried to shame me because we had them in our house. They said, uh, aren't you ashamed that you've taken the, uh, this young lady from her mother and dad? And I, I just looked at him and I said, sir, uh, I can put her out on the street if that's what you want me to do. But I said, she's safe here. What do you, you make the choice. I said, she's coming out, so you make the choice. You want me to turn her away and put her out on the street or bring her into our home where she's safe? They didn't say much after because they realize, and you talk to them just like you would anyone else, and you have to be patient with them. I want to—I'm not going to be much longer because I promised Abe here that he would—he <laughs> would have most of the time. And we have a—we had a lady live next to door, door to us at the uh, condos. She was an elderly lady, and these four Amish girls were taking turns taking care of her. They for. One of them was from south of Loudonville, and the others were even further south. And they'd drive up here. Somebody would drive them up, and they'd take care of this lady. And so we got acquainted with them. Found out that all four of them were New Order, born-again Christians in the Amish community. And they, their church preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we said that. Some of them said that earlier. You can't lump them all together because some of them are different. And you have to find that out. But these girls are beautiful girls, lovely. We got acquainted with them. 
And if you want to read an article, I asked a gentleman here if he had read the article on grace that the Amish voice put out. It it won't give you the name because her father is not yet converted. And it's the best article I've ever read in my life on grace. And this is a 30, well, she was a 36-year-old Amish girl with an eighth-grade education who understands because of Joe and myself, my wife, what grace is all about. And uh, she, she said, I really, she had a million questions, head covering, why we don't wear head coverings, why we don't do certain things. And I tried to show her through the scripture what the head covering really was. I said the church people, ladies, used to kind of follow that when they wore the hats. They didn't know they were following that. But that's what, when the, you, most of you can remember when it was who had the fanciest hat in our churches and and uh, basically, it was a head covering. We don't want to admit that, but that's what it was. And I told her, I said, the head covering, as far as the scripture is concerned, young lady, is your hair. I said, that's the beauty of a lady. And God said that that's what it is. Not something you put on. It's something that God put on you. And you just have to answer their questions. You have to be patient. This lady was... Uh, Oh, probably two years or more, wasn't it, before she really understood grace. She was a Christian. She knew that, but she didn't, couldn't quite understand. If you've been raised for 30, hers was 34 years, in the fact that you have to follow these rules, and then all of a sudden she meets somebody like Joe and myself, and we tell her that those rules really don't mean nothing. You don't do that. Just You have to work into it and allow them to let it sink in. And they'll see it if you allow them to let it sink into them. Have patience, which most of us do not have. I don't. I do not have it. God gave me patience with these three young, poor young ladies. Strange. The father of the three girls, sisters. Uh, I, I'll tell you the last name, but don't mean nothing because it's Miller. I don't know. I've seen two or three Millers here. <laughs> so, and the other lady is, is a cousin named Miller. <laughs> and but the father drives the car. The three girls drive buggies, and but the father drives the car, goes everywhere. And I took her up, and I'll close so Abe can have more time here. Took her up to what we call Plank Town. Are any of you around here from around here? There's a cloth store up there. They, they still all make their own clothing. They make beautiful dresses, by the way. And I was up there, and this is Mennonite territory. I went in there, and the Mennonite girls dressed with real beautiful flowery dresses. And she was trying to pick out something. And I said, Martha, I said, see that dress on that young lady? I said, that's a beautiful dress. She looked at me and said, Jerry, that's too fancy. So she adored the plain dresses she still wore. But she's saved, folks. She knows the Lord. They witness. They go to Billy uh, Franklin Graham's shoebox. They go down there every year and help with it. They send boxes to them. They just came back from Israel, and they've been there twice. And they go over there. And when they go, they don't go like us with tur- just tour. They go. They get a Hebrew professor teaches them for the two weeks that they're there out in the Old Testament. They learn some tremendous truths. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.